Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's driving jam time. And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Now, Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Friday night on Sports Open Line. Very good to be back with you. Missed the last few nights. Apparently, last night I missed some news. Oh, my God. Baseball's back. What do you know? I mean, we we knew it was going to happen, right? I mean, nobody... I I didn't think that the season was in jeopardy. There's just just too much money. And by the way, I just might sprain my shoulder patting myself on the back right now. Because the one thing that I have said since... Well, let's go back to 2020 during the COVID stuff. The one thing I said about this lockout, knowing it was coming or that the battle was coming, was that I don't think we're going to miss a single regular season game. So I would say that the prediction there is probably what, like, what did you say, 95% correct? Because we, we are going to start late. We're not going to have opening day when the when it was scheduled. But it's only a week, and we're not losing any games. So can I claim that as a win? I think I claim that as a win. I also don't think that it was any bit of genius on my part. Nobody gets paid if they don't play games, man. Every game is worth millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, I, I really think the two sides, and by the way, here's the fun stuff. Today's the last time we talk about anything labor, and I'm not even going to do that for but a few minutes. We can start talking real baseball now. In the coming days, we're going to be getting our updates direct from Jupiter. I think Tom might be going down. I know Claves is going to be back down there in a couple days. Ricky Horton is down there. So we're going to start checking in on what's going on. Uh, we are now exactly a week away from the first spring training game. Cardinals and the Astros will be the first spring training game on the 18th. Opening day is now the 7th. That means opening day is the home opener for the Cardinals against the Pirates. Let's go. Finally. But yeah, I am gonna I am gonna take the victory lap. Again, I don't think it was a very 
insightful prediction. Nobody gets paid if you don't play the games. People want to get paid. It's pretty simple. What'd you get? You got something for me, Matt? Uh, But I'll stand by my prediction on this, and I've been saying this now for more than a year um, because, you know, COVID and stuff, uh, that they won't miss any games. Maybe maybe spring training is shortened or something like that, but there will be no regular season games missed because of the the labor dispute. What's the date Um, on that? Neither one of these sides wants to lose any more money. They've already lost billions because of COVID. Uh, I don't think they want to lose more. Just my, you want to talk about the most powerful motivator? There it is, right there. November eighth, twenty twenty one. November eighth, twenty twenty one. Yay me! For for by the way, seeing the most obvious thing in the world. Everybody lost a lot of money in twenty twenty. They lost a little bit last year. The players didn't lose any last year, but the owners did. And I don't mean lose, made less than they thought, right? I mean, that's what it, that's really what it comes down to. You know, they weren't handing out money last year. They just didn't make as much as they thought they would. So we're back. And a lot. I think a lot of interesting angles. I'm going to spend very little time on getting into all of the details on the, 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 uh, the CBA. It came down. Again, this is the day. I'm going to do it again. Ah, patting myself on the back. Ah. Because really, where most of these things came down, where did they end up? Basically right in the middle of where the two sides had been all along. Not exact. Not dead 50% right down the middle, but pretty damn close to it. Which is how these things work. And yeah, there was a lot of... There were a lot of fake deadlines. There was a lot of nonsense. There, and by the way, th- this all should have happened a month ago. Like the fact that this is happening now is the is the ridiculous part because you subjected yourself to an extra month of ridicule of people being angry at your sport on Twitter. And you know what? That anger isn't just going to go away. People aren't, and, and some people will. Some people people that are like me. I'm like, all right, I'm not mad anymore. Let's go play ball. Like, yeah, there's some of us like that, but there are other people that are not because they're tired of of the nonsense. They're tired of the real world bleeding into entertainment. And and in this case, it was totally unnecessary. It was totally avoidable. The 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 fact that you know that uh, Major League Baseball waited a month and a half before even making an offer after instituting the lockout was ridiculous. Anyway, you've got a deal. There's some good for both sides. There's some things that each side probably doesn't love, which is fine. I don't think this is a huge win for the players. I think it was a little bit of a get back for the players. I think they got a little bit back. But keep in mind, nothing that was agreed upon guarantees that anybody has to spend anything. Keep that in mind. Like Nobody has to spend anything. Oh, sure, the... You know, the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox, those teams are a little more free. You know, they got an extra $20 million to spend without being taxed on it. All right, so there's a little bit more money at the top. But really, overall, budgets aren't going to change, not overnight. But they will for those teams because those teams make so much revenue, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, we know what's going on now. We got March 18th for the first spring training game for the Cardinals. We got April 7th for opening day at home against the Pirates. Um, I will say one of the most interesting things to me to come out of the last 24 hours was the breakdown of the players' vote on this CBA. 
So the executive committee, the guys that were in the room, right, the guys that were doing the negotiating, Andrew Miller, Max Scherzer, Francisco Lindor, everybody in that room, by the way, was a big shooter. They're all big money guys. They've all made a lot of money over the years. They voted 8 nothing against accepting this offer. But when the teams took their votes, the team vote came back 26 to 4. So what does that tell you? I think it tells us one primary thing. That the rank and file players wanted to play ball and wanted to get going because the real changes, the real benefits are for them. For the guys that make the minimum. For the guys who might only have a three-year career. They're the ones that actually gain something from this. And it seems like it was the star players that were against it. And obviously, you know, the, the CBT is an issue for star players. It's very much not an issue for young players or guys in, in early on before they ever reach arbitration or free agency. So I think that's an, a, a simple way of looking at it. I think, you know, we, we've talked about this. The vast majority of major league players are not loaded. They're not big money dudes. They make good money. But they're not the rich dudes. They're not the $300 million contract dudes. They're not the $150 million contract dudes. They're the dudes that make the minimum, maybe a little bit more for a few years, and then eventually they're out of the game. Once they start to get expensive, they're out of the game because they're replaced by a younger, cheaper version. And you can, I mean, and the majority of players fit into that. The majority doesn't belong to the star players, to to the big contract guys. They're in the minority in this. I think that's what you see in that vote. But now, guys, we're done. That's it. That's all I have to say about labor right now. Oh, maybe we'll get into some of the rules changes. You know, we'll start to do some of that maybe a little later tonight. We'll talk a bit. You know, obviously the DH is in. Some other potential on-field changes could come later, but they're not going to come right now. We'll talk about those things. But this right here, that segment right there, is my last segment on the lockout on labor discussions. Thank God. <laughs> it gets old after all those months. So let's do this. Coming up next, I want to tell you about the newest Cardinals pitcher. Tell you a little bit about what we know about him. How he might fit into what the Cardinals are doing. What the Cardinals might still be looking at in free agency. We're going to have you hear a bit of what John Moselock and Ali Marmol and Bill DeWitt Jr. Had to, had to say today down in Jupiter. They held... A press conference with the three of them, and we'll be talking throughout the night about real baseball. A new reliever, the DH position for the Cardinals, all that kind of stuff. But let's get into the new guy. Who's Drew Verhagen? What's he all about? What do we know about him? We'll do that next on KMOX. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, back in on Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Fun to talk real baseball now. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the newest Cardinal, Drew Verhagen. By the way, the first the first signing post-lockout in Major League Baseball was the new Cardinals right-hander. So according to, I think it was Mark Feinsand from MLB.com, it was a two-year deal worth $5.5 million guaranteed. I believe it was three this two this year, three and a half next year. There's some incentive clauses built in there. But one thing, when, when you're looking at, a two-year, $5.5 million deal, that's not the kind of contract you give out when you're thinking someone's going to be at Memphis. That's the kind of deal you give someone when you're thinking they're going to be a part of your major league roster. Now, the nice thing about Verhagen is that he can do uh, a little bit of everything. He can start, you know, he, he's he, he's a guy that, you know, mostly was working, worked as a reliever in Japan, but through a lot of innings. Like, he wasn't a, a 50-60 inning guy when he was pitching for uh, the Nippon Ham Fighters, I mean, he was you know three. Look, I mean, when you when you look at the games, it was you know three, four, five innings an outing, and you know I, I think that he's the kind of guy that can start. But it's certainly, the Cardinals wouldn't want him to start right now. Nothing against him, just they have five guys that they like, and if he's starting early in the year, it means one of those five guys is hurt, because we know that Wainwright and Flaherty and Hudson and Michaelis 
and uh, Steven Matz, like barring injury, those are your five starters. But but Verigan's an interesting guy. I, I I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and pass along like a glowing report or anything like that. I've seen him pitch a few, quite a few times actually, from his time when he was with Detroit. Um, it not was not at there at that time viewed as a top prospect, but he's always been an intriguing guy because he's six six. He's 230 pounds. He's got a little velo. Um, I found some good information on him on Fangraphs.com this afternoon. Uh, fastball is av- was averaging 94 in Japan. It get it gets up to the upper 90s at times. Uh, he's got a good slider, curveball that's mixed in there, changeup that he doesn't use very much, but a decent strike thrower, which is obviously something that the Cardinals are are prioritizing after last year's troubles. And didn't give up a lot of home runs in Japan either. Only uh, 14 home runs allowed in two seasons, and that was just about 200 innings of work. So I, I think there's a comp here. It's not exact. I don't want to. I don't want to make it out like this is the like these two guys are the same dude. But I think there's some similarities with this signing and and the signing of Miles Michaelis. Similar age, right? Miles is 33 now, so when they brought him in, I think he was 30, um, and and Verhagen's 31. Both of them spent a couple years overseas, kind of uh, refining their their approach to pitching, for refining their strike throwing. Um, you know, Michaelis when he was with the Texas Rangers was really a big effort guy, right? He was a you know throw the ball hard, didn't show as much command, and when he went overseas, he started pitching a little bit more. Uh, and and as and became the guy that we've seen since he's been here and when he's been healthy with the Cardinals, he's been pretty good. I mean, in his Cardinals career, he's made 73 starts. He's got a 3.54 ERA, and you know he's been pretty good when it comes to logging some innings. And you know, in his time before that, especially when he was with Texas, even with San Diego, you know, he was definitely more of a thrower than a pitcher. But again, he, he went to work on things. He he pitched for the Yamiuri Giants. And of course, Verhagen pitched for the uh, the Nippon Ham Fighters, and I, I, I'm not I, I don't again I'm not trying to say that they're going to be the same guy or that you're going to have the same level of success with Verhagen that you had with Michaelis, but there's some similarity there. Similar aged guys coming back from good experience overseas, and you know pretty good stuff. I mean, if you look at Verhagen, you know mid 90s on the fastball. Uh, it's 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 viewed based on what the fan graphs guys have said and uh, based on what I remember from watching him when he was at Detroit. Um, it's it's a bit more of a sinker than it is kind of the the high spin rate four seam fastball. But but the fan graphs guys mentioned that he did have some success elevating the fastball in Japan too. So it's it, to me it's a low risk play that gives you some depth. I mean, look, that's what this team needs based on what we saw last year, right? And the pitching depth failed them last year. So if you're looking at what you need coming into this year, especially, guys, short spring training, you're going to be limited to 13 pitchers. Now, early in the year, they might negotiate to have a couple of extra guys on the roster. It might go up to 28 from 26 for a month or something like that because you only have really, you know, look, look, we're – we're at March 11th right now, so you know opening day is four weeks away. You're not going to have anywhere close to a normal full spring training. So you're going to need more of these arms, and this gives you some flexibility. So if you want him to be your long reliever, for example, spot starter long reliever at the major league level, that means that Jake Woodford can start at Memphis and be ready to jump in if a rotation spot opens up. 
You don't have to have Jake Woodford at the major league level because you have to have somebody that can work in long relief. Now, he might earn that, and that's fine. I mean, you you know, having more guys is going to be a good thing because we still don't know yet exactly how it's going to go for Jordan Hicks, right? You know, Ryan Helsley's coming off an injury. Alex Reyes had trouble at the end of last year. We don't know exactly how it's going to go in the spring. And the Cardinals do have a lot of really high-end potential. They've got a lot of really talented dudes. But some guys still have to figure some things out and improve their health and, and things along those lines. And what we talked about before, I know what I talked about before anyway, when I was talking about the Cardinals adding to the pitching staff, and we're going to talk more about um, what they still might need to add for the pitching staff moving forward. We'll do that a little later on in the hour. But I think that this player in particular, or this kind of player, not not Verhagen directly, but a player like him, somebody that is going to get a major league contract, somebody that can start for you, but also has the ability to relieve, somebody that you know you're not committing a big role to. Is it's hard to sell that to a bigger name free agent, right? I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna go out and sell that to Clayton Kershaw. You're not gonna go out and sell that to Carlos Rodon. I mean, you're gonna have to co- go get those guys and give them guaranteed money and a guaranteed spot in the rotation. And you already have five starters in the rotation. So this is a really good depth move. Doesn't necessarily have to block anybody. He's a veteran. And again, has made some progress in his career over the last couple of years pitching in Japan. So this is not the guy, by the way, that you're going to be like, oh man, he saved our season. That's not that's not what it is. But it's a very it's a very good play when you're looking at depth, and depth is the key issue with this particular move, and with a lot of what we're doing as we approach the 2022 season, because the pitching depth was the problem last year. The depth is what failed you. You know, Miles having the setback in the spring and not being a part of the rotation, and obviously knowing already at that time that Hudson wouldn't be ready until September, and then Flaherty getting hurt. like You had a lot of problems, and the guys that were called upon, for the most part, did a poor job. Oviedo didn't throw enough strikes. Got great stuff, great potential, didn't throw enough strikes. Daniel Ponce de Leon didn't throw enough strikes. John Gant didn't throw enough strikes. You had a lot of people that were asked to do things last year that they weren't able to do. And the depth was tested and it failed. So you got to build new depth. You know, a lot of those guys that were here that I just named, they're not here anymore. You had to replace those guys and ideally replace them with somebody that can be a little bit more reliable. We'll see if if Verhagen is that. But this is not a big enough contract where if it blows up and doesn't work, you're you're out any significant money. I mean, if you know, look, five and a half million over two years is not difference-making money for a major league franchise, especially not one that's as strong financially as the Cardinals tend to be. But it's a sensible move. It makes sense. But I don't think it's going to be the last move that you see for this team's pitching staff. This is your guy. This is your versatile guy. This is your swing man, your long reliever, the guy that gives you the depth that you were that you didn't have last year. You still have Matthew Libertor waiting in the wings. You'll still have Oviedo at AAA working on throwing strikes and trying to take the next step in his development. You're still going to have Jake Woodford either in the majors or at AAA. And we th- I, li- I loved what I saw from Woodford at the end of last year. We saw some really good performances from him. And I think that you know he, he, he doesn't get rated as a high-end prospect, but the dude was a first-round draft pick. Like This is not some nobody out of nowhere. It's a good prospect. 
but you have to, you know, to to get something a little bit more certain than just somebody that you would pick up on a minor league deal. You had to, you know, probably have to commit a, a roster spot early in the year, and then see what happens with the other guys later. But you had to rebuild the depth, so that's a good depth move, is what it is. If you're looking at this and saying, is it an impact move? Well, no, it's not supposed to be an impact move. It's a depth move. Now they do need, I think more of an impact move to go into the back end of the bullpen. Again, you know, Helsley coming off of injury and Hicks has been hurt for the last couple of years. And, you know, what's what's he look like in spring? Does he get out of spring healthy? You got your fair share of questions. And another guy that's a veteran who can pitch late in games would be a really nice ad. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on when we come back. I want you to hear a bit of what the big three had to say today. That'd be the chairman of the team, Bill DeWitt Jr., the president of baseball operations, John Mozalock, and your new manager, Ali Marmol. We'll hear a little bit from those guys next up on KMO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this game. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Yeah, we're heavy on the baseball today since, you know, look, it's my first day back since the lockout came to an end, and we're building up toward, uh, well, toward actual baseball games. We're one week away from the start of uh, Grapefruit League action. And if you missed it, the way that they're setting it up, it's going to be done kind of like last year, a little more regionally, right? Cardinals are just going to play the Nationals, Astros, Marlins, and Mets. It's all the Palm Beach, Port St. Lucie, Jupiter group. And so the Marlins and Cardinals share a facility. The Astros and the Nationals share a facility. And, of course, the Mets have theirs. So you're going to get the same teams, but who cares? It's a short spring, not going to matter. You get to play those teams about the same number of times as you would. Otherwise, you just won't play anybody else. Uh, until you get to the regular season. So we got baseball that we're heavy into, but we, we do next hour need to spend some time on a few other things. Uh, the Blues had a big win last night. Conzo Martin got let go by Mizzou today. The Billikens advanced to the semifinals of the A-10 tournament today. So we're going to hit those other things as we go along, and I especially want to spend a little time on Mizzou and what their next step is. And you know how important I think it is that the basketball program is competitive in the SEC. I mean, it's not known as a basketball conference, although it's pretty, it's pretty good this year. It's pretty good. You would, you know, the expectation was that Mizzou would be more competitive on the basketball side than perhaps the football side. But that hasn't been the case, at least not recently. And obviously things this year kind of got out of hand. So they, they're, they're making a change with the basketball program. We'll talk a bit about that next hour. And obviously on the positive side, the Billikens advancing in the A-10 tournament. Got Davidson tomorrow, so... Obviously a tough matchup with the number one seed in the conference there. All right, back to the Cardinals and back to what we heard earlier today. So earlier today, Bill DeWitt Jr., John Mozalock, and Ali Marmol held a press conference to kind of update us on some things. We'll hear a little bit about the newest member of the team, Drew Verhagen. And, of course, just everything else that we can think about kind of leading into things really kicking off. So some players started reporting today, but the first workouts 
will be coming up officially on Monday with the first games a week from today. So things are happening really fast. Here's what the big three had to say a little earlier today down in Jupiter. Uh, first off, thank you, Chris. And uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, obviously, the, the last couple weeks have been, uh, well, last hundred days really, have been a lot of question marks on, you know, would this ever happen? And so just a, just a couple real quick thoughts here is, that simply put, we're just happy to be back here. Um, I think everybody involved at this table with our organization, from our fans to our employees, we're just we're just glad to be back and interacting with you. And today we get to talk a little baseball. And to begin that, I'm going to turn it over to our owner, Mr. Bill DeWitt. Thanks, Mo. Well, I want to reiterate what Mo said, and that is, it's great to have baseball back. And fortunately. We were able to have 162 games, which, you know, wasn't a sure thing a, a couple of days ago, but, um, you know, fortunately it worked out. We certainly look forward to seeing the players come to camp. Uh, a couple of them came today. Home opener, we were fortunate to have retained on April the 7th for San Diego. Uh, as you all know, uh, it's a special day in St. Louis, has been for many, many years, and to be able to keep that date and, and have opening day and all the festivities uh, that go with it uh, is very, very special. I mean, as you can imagine, the, the man to my right gets named the, the new uh, Cardinal manager back in October. There's no hiding that there was a labor issue that may happen. And um, I actually walked by him late last night I could see that, that there was a different level of energy that was coming out of his office. And what I mean by that is, when he got named St. Louis Cardinals manager, he knew the responsibility of what that bore, what that meant to our community, what that means to our team. But there was still that labor issue over our head. And as I looked at him last night, it was on. He knows it's, it's go time now. And there's no waiting for that next. And so wheels are turning, planning's going, and uh, just really excited for him to, to be able to have that first staff meeting, to have that first workout on Monday, and eventually have our first game on the 18th. So these are exciting times, and I'd like to turn it over to Ali Marmol. So thank you. Appreciate it, Mo. And just to reiterate, it's a super exciting time uh, to just have baseball back. It's impressive and it's exciting. The first three calls I made in their own way all said that it'd be a disappointment if we didn't win a World Series. Um, to start to see them trickle in, have that conversation with them, and start to game plan and collaborate with them as to what that process will look like is uh, extremely, extremely exciting. So looking forward to the next few days and then kicking this thing off. Perfect. So now we will open it to the floor. Hey, what would you talk about? Well, as, as yeah, so Drew Verhagen, we signed to a two-year deal today. Um, as you know, we've had a lot of success bringing players back over from Korea and Japan. He's someone that, that really you know, fit the profile we were looking for. As we go into this season and you look at our sort of roster construction, we understand that we're going to be looking for innings. And now that we have an abbreviated spring training and how to think through April, is going to be very reminiscent of how we felt back in uh, coming out of that quarantine in 2020 and how to make sure that we protect our starters and protect our pitchers. And so, you know, Drew was somebody that we know can be stretched out, 
We know we can go multiple innings, but we know we could end up in the bullpen. So he just really was like a Swiss Army knife type of pitcher for us. So it just gave us ultimate flexibility. And so as far as his profile, strike thrower, gets ground balls, just there was a lot we liked about him. You know, we're always looking for arms. I mean, there's always, you never, you never have enough depth in pitching. And then the other thing we're just trying to think through is, you know, is there a, a, a DH type profile that, that might fit us? I mean, obviously we have three young guys that are pretty excited about trying to get at bats at the big leagues when you think about um, New Bar, uh, Gorman, and Yepes. And so, you know, you want to make sure that whatever we do isn't impeding development of some of these young players as well. Is it fairly important that if we sign the DH that you be able to play positions to the side of the I mean, obviously having someone that gives you flexibility to allow other players to take days off is critical. But, you know, really what it has done is create an open pathway for some internal players that may not have had that had we not gotten the DH. Not really. Um, I think, you know, we all sort of anticipated a rise in the minimum and, um, you know, where it ended is something that we had accounted for. So it does not drastically change how we can think about the next few weeks. Not that you intend to be in it, but do you think that draft lottery and the service time roundup or whatever they're going to call it, the year roundup, do uh, you think those are deterrents to taking? Do you welcome those? I do welcome them. I think. Uh, when you hear the word tanking, I just don't think it's good for our industry because it's a, it's a negative connotation. It's something that I think garnered a lot, maybe way too many headlines, but it did. And so at least trying to put something that's to, to help avoid that, I think is smart. And I do think going to a lottery for the draft is helpful. There you go, John Mosellock, Bill DeWitt Jr., and a little bit of Ali Marmol there in the middle of all of that. A couple of interesting thoughts there. Uh, one of them we're going to start getting into a little bit more in the next segment, which is the DH position. That's something that Mo mentioned. He mentioned three names there, and I thought it was really, I don't know if it was notable or not, but it was, it was interesting that Nolan Gorman's name came up as quickly as it did, but also the acknowledgement that they could still look outside for designated hitter help. And uh, this team has a lot of options in that regard. We'll get into some of those coming up next. I, I thought that was an interesting comment there at the end too about tanking that's not good for the sport you know the cardinals have been very much against that idea they do not like the idea of a big tear down to build back up they want to stay level and obviously continue to be good over time and that's it's not an easy thing to do but they've clearly found a way to do it and yeah i think a lot of us would like to see a few more chips pushed into the middle of the table every once in a while but it's also hard to hard, hard to argue with being consistently successful and one of the two or three best franchises in the sport over two decades. So we'll see. I, I think this year's team is going to be a good bit better than last year's team. I think when it come, came to pitching last year, pretty much everything that could go wrong did. So if you have just moderately better luck this year, forget the good players you have. If you just have a little bit better luck with health, you should be a significantly better team. More on that as we get closer to opening day. We're going to take a look at that DH spot coming up next on KMOX.
little more on the Cardinals. In fact, I'm going to stick with that right after the top of the hour as well. I just want to touch on the DH thing here. And I also should point out, I didn't grab the audio of this, but um, John Mozeliak was also on MLB Network Radio today and was asked about the shortstops, the free agent shortstops. You know, obviously Trevor Story still out there, Carlos Correa. He was asked about that and, and his answer as to whether or not the Cardinals will be in the shortstop free agent market. His Mo's answer was, I don't think so. And then the larger quote was, in terms of going outside the organization, I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense for us. So, and by the way, I don't know why people are going to be mad about that. And I understand like at the beginning of the offseason wanting that, but they it's been pretty clear that's not the way they're going to go. I don't see it. And, you know, because, because the guys that we would want are going to take up another big chunk of salary, and it's not that you can't afford it, but you do have other people you got to start paying here soon. And if you're going to load up on all these guys, and we with Goldie and Nolan Arenado, and then say Carlos Correa or Trevor Story, you got the money for Flaherty? And again, we don't know that he's going to stay, but you got to have that ability to keep him around if, if there's a way to find a mutually agreeable deal. This is not a shocking thing. I do think it's a big year, though, for the Cardinals to figure out what's happening long-term at shortstop. It's a big year in that regard. You know, Paul DeYoung has to show more uh, and or Eduardo Sosa has to show that he can take over. And, you know, I'm not sure that that I would look at Sosa as the long-term shortstop. You never know, I guess. But I think you have to answer those questions this year. And you do have the means to be good even if even if that position is not super strong because you're elite at first and third. You're elite in left field. You have a chance to be elite in right field as well with Dylan Carlson. You're, you're strong all over the field. You're adding a DH. So ideally, whoever that is, and that's what I want to get into a little bit here, and some of this will carry over a bit into the next hour, but when you're adding a DH, you know, we don't know yet if that's going to be somebody from the outside what level of significance that player is going to be. You know, we've heard a lot of buzz during the lockout, people talking about Colin Moran. Eh, eh. I mean, he's fine. Don't get me wrong. He's a platoon bat. Fine. Not going to get you excited. Uh, but, you know, if you, if, if, the idea to me is if you're going to go outside, boy, a, a Nelson Cruz would be nice. I know we wanna, we're talking about left-handed bats and how that would be helpful. And you got a couple of those in the mix. I thought it was interesting that John Mosellock mentioned uh, Nolan Gorman so readily in that conversation. I don't know that they, that means early in the year, but certainly Gorman could be good enough at Memphis this year or good enough this spring to force the issue. I mean, he's that kind of guy. I mean, he's a future 35-plus homer guy, and when he tells you he's ready, you find a way to put him in there. So, you know, I'd say that my leaning, not about money or anything else, I don't care. I, I will spend, let me tell you guys something. I will spend Bill Twitt Jr.'s money all day, every day, if I'm allowed to. This has nothing to do with saving money from my perspective. But I do think you need to give young players an opportunity. When you've got a guy um, like Yepes, who, who had the year that he had last year at Memphis, you got to at least clear the runway and give him a shot. right? We had to do that, right? This, this team had to do that for Tyler O'Neill. Had to do that for Harrison Bader and Dylan, Dylan Carlson. They had to clear the runway. That meant moving Tommy Pham. That meant moving Dexter Fowler in a deal that basically just ate money. That meant moving Randy Rosarena for Matthew Libertor. You had to clear the runway a little bit to give those guys the chance to do what they got to do. And I think that's what you have to do with this particular situation. 
Unless you can bring in like a Nelson Cruz and we can be super excited. More on the DH, more on the bullpen, and more on a bench bat coming your way after the news on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.